Today's reading comes from Luke 21, verses 25 through 36. There will be signs in the sun, the moon, and the stars, and on the earth, distress among nations confused by the roaring of the sea and the waves. People will faint from fear and foreboding of what is coming upon the world, for the powers of the heavens will be shaken. Then they will see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. Now when these things begin to take place, stand up, raise your heads, because your redemption is drawing near. Then he told them a parable. Look at the fig tree and all the trees. As soon as they sprout leaves, you can see for yourselves and know that summer is already near. So also, when you see these things taking place, you know that the kingdom of God is near. Truly I tell you, this generation will not pass away until all things have taken place. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. Be on guard so that your hearts are not weighed down with dissipation and drunkenness and the worries of this life, and that day does not catch you unexpectedly like a trap. For it will come upon all who live on the face of the whole earth. Be alert at all times, praying that you may have the strength to escape all these things that will take place and to stand before the Son of Man. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. I invite you to be seated. I've shared with you before that I did not grow up in the church, and I can tell you, though, I was very aware of scriptures like this in the Bible. And as a young child and as a young person, passages like this were, well, they were rather scary to me. They, were, they caused me to, to worry and to, to look for what was bad in the world and try to understand how it meant that, that God was coming in the midst of all that. And where, where was my place in all that? I want to begin today by sharing that what I have grown to understand in life, that this is not a passage meant to lead us towards fear and foreboding. It is a, it's a passage, it's a word of hope for us. It's meant to remind us that our redemption is on the way in whatever we're facing. Now this might not be the passage that any of us would naturally choose for this very first Sunday leading into Advent and, and leading into Christmas. It does convey this message of, of waiting and, and hopefulness, of course, that Christ is coming to bring peace, but it is countercultural because we live in a world right now that is anticipating Christmas on a wave of consumerism and in a way that we must be joyful all along the way until Christmas Day comes. Yet as often the case, Luke's message was not encumbered in its own day by such expectations as we know today. In many ways, and by the time Luke penned this gospel, it not the first gospel penned in his day, the readers would have associated many of these images with an experience that they had likely had in their life. You see, this particular gospel, as, as others were, were written near to the time for which Jerusalem fell. It was a tragic, devastating event. It fell under an army of 60,000 Roman legions under the leadership of Titus. And these images would have evoked 
some memories about that event. It took a very long time for these armies to breach the massive walls of Jerusalem. Supplies were cut off, offering no relief. And the attack began on Passover, which meant many pilgrims were, were trapped in Jerusalem for months on end, enduring hunger and disease. And Luke's audience lived on the other side of that distressing or foreboding, fearful event, and it had shaken their whole world, but it was still part of their reality. Writings from those days convey to us that those on the inside of that tragic event had hoped for an amazing victory. They held on to faith, but it did not come. And to this very day, you can find layers of ash in burnt homes under the old city of the Jewish quarter. Stories of the details are too hard to fathom or to imagine. And for Luke, these images perhaps piqued the anxiety, triggered some long-held fears, reminded them of what it sounded like when the hoofbeats of soldiers came tracking through. It would have reminded them of the flash of swords and the smell of smoke and the glowing orange sky as they burned the gates of the city for many, many days until it fell. It was an apocalyptic event for them. Even so, this passage speaks across time to you and me, perhaps in a different way, but in the very same way at the same time, as is often the case with our scriptures no, you and I don't have in common this lived experience of Jerusalem following that Luke's readers had. Him assuring them that Christ is indeed the one who came as king to us. But still, we often experience waves of struggle, waves of suffering that precede better days. And maybe it's important and prudent for you and I to consider what if we had heard these words from Jesus in our own midst today, him standing among us, what would it evoke? What memories would it evoke for you and me to hear Jesus say, be on guard so that your hearts are not weighed down with dissipation and drunkenness and the worries of this life and that day does not catch you unexpectedly like a sign? What do we think of? Maybe we think of children who live in war-torn nations. Maybe we think of neighborhoods who hear gunshots and sirens on a nightly basis, shaking their world. Maybe we think about what life was like before we knew so much about how pandemics and viruses work, like some ominous cloud moving over the land. Maybe we think of homes where the nightmares of abuse or addiction come visiting every night. And for many in our world, maybe for some among us here, hope is a commodity that is hard to come by. Sometimes having hope that things will get better can make it even harder. Dare we hope at times. So in the midst of the, in the aftermath of such tragedies and harsh experiences, we face things like depression or anxiety, addictions, and they're stifling. And we have seen their impacts. And for this reason, and for the 2,000 years that we have had today's passage with us, the world struggles through such cycles of peace and trials. I heard mention of a TV show called Palm Springs. Now, I have not seen it, so I do not know if I'd recommend it or not. I'll, I'll leave it up to you to find out if it's worth watching. But my reading of that story was interesting. 
It interested, it, it piqued my interest considering the season that we're in. As I understand it, it's a modern day version of Bill Murray's uh, Groundhog Day, of which most of you probably are aware of. So something happens in this story where the main characters, Niles and Sarah, on their wedding day are, are pulled into this repeating loop of time. Every day is their wedding day which is a wonderful day perhaps, except Niles gets pulled in before Sarah does, and after he's lifted that wedding day over and over again, he's, well, he's rather tired of it. And Sarah's left wondering, why in the world is he so distraught? Why is he so disconnected? And then she gets pulled into the same loop. So when she enters the loop, she, she feels terrible because he seems so distant. What she's learned that Niles has been there for a while. Niles has given up hope that he's ever going to break free of this time loop. And so he has turned to avoidance or self-medication or just about every other bad idea you can imagine to deal with things. She joins in for a while, buying into maybe this is the best that it's ever going to be. But then she decides, I need to get out of this. So while he keeps distracting himself and perhaps numbing himself, she looks for a way out and... So she learns quantum physics. <laughs> she develops an experiment that might teach her how to break the cycle. And this effort give her, gives her a sense of renewed hope and a renewed purpose in life. There are possibilities that they had not imagined. Now this is a fictional story. But I think it echoes the human experience at times. We too experience difficult and repeating cycles in our world that we just can't seem to break. Breaking cycles and overcoming such things in our world, it's hard work, and I would offer perhaps the hardest work that we ever do. Breaking the daily loop of poverty and hatred and anger and violence, prejudices and natural disasters, it seems like we're stuck in those things perpetually. So we might be tempted to be like Niles and just give up hope and Go with the flow. But when this happens, when we join in, we simply numb ourselves with the countless things which can distract us. It's not a very hopeful way. Or we can choose to be like Sarah and get to work. So I want to offer today that today's passage is not about the end of the world. Today's passage is about beginning the work that we're called to. It's about the hope, it's about the promise that on the other side of any struggle that we face, God is coming and in Christ, breaking the cycles, restoring peace among us. It is a story of the coming redemption. It is an honest assessment of what the world is like and the way things can be, but it's a promise of what God has in store for us as well. Yes, it's a prediction about the coming days when Christ might return and make things right. But first and foremost, it is a message about active waiting and active hope. Jesus does not shy away from messages like this. But his messages are not meant to instill fear. They're meant to strengthen the faith of we who are believers. He is saying to us, open your eyes. See that even when all seems lost, God is coming. Look for it. God is coming to redeem us, 
to lift us up again and again and again, to tell us to understand that the signs we see ought to have lifting our heads up because we know that God's response is quick. God's response is sure, and it is always about redemption. Stand up, raise your heads. Yes, there are wounds in our world and our lives that must be bound. There are wounds in our lives and our world that we must address with grace and mercy and forgiveness. The mysteries and the signs, well, they're elusive to us. But the way in which God responds are sure. The way for which we bind up these wounds is through love and mercy and reconciliation. And when the Son of Man does return, he will find us hopefully busy at this work. In short, be like Sarah. Resist the temptation to lose hopes. Let's always be busy about the work of breaking the harmful cycles in our midst, in our lives, in our world. When we see those who are hungry, feed them. When those in our world have no roof over their head, shelter them. When folks do no longer have a nation or a land to return to, make room for them. When you see people in this world who are alone, invite them. When you see injustices in the world, use your voice. Speak for them. Now, I don't know about you, but sometimes the scriptures and our messages, they hit a little bit too close to home. Sometimes the truths that we're called to look at, well, we don't want to deal with them right now because sometimes they're uncomfortable or, or difficult and we've lived with them a long time. And I don't know what that might mean for you. I have a few ideas for myself. And it may even be that we come to church sometimes as an avoidance in its own to escape the world as it is. But in truth, the closer we're drawn to God, the closer we're drawn together, the closer we are to seeing what is good and what is wrong, what is joyful, what is sorrowful. And in that, we find Christ. We find our purpose. It's tempting. Maybe it's even easier to be like Niles and escape these hard truths. But if we're ever to be lifted up from things, don't we need to know what it is we need lifting up from in the first place? So what about you? What is it that God wants to help you look up from? What is the struggle in your own life that God wants you to lift your head and see that there is something good still coming? Yes, it may hit too close to home to think about or to talk about or to look at, but do not fear. Set aside your anxieties. Hope, trust. One day, the redemption that we wait for, it will come in fullness, and it will come finally. All things will be made right. When the God of man comes in power and glory, though, may he find us busy at this work. May he find us busy about breaking the cycles in our lives and in our world and all forms for which they exist. Yes, our world can be broken at times. We can be broken. We can be the ones who break. But we do not have to despair, and that is the hope of Advent. Advent is our time, and it is our season to tell the world that in Christ, God is drawing near to us. God is bringing and coming home to us. 
to be near our hurts, to acknowledge our hangups, and to make all things new. Now, I think I saw a glimpse of this Thursday as we were serving Thanksgiving meals, clouds included. I was uh, at the curb right over here receiving orders, and one of the cars pulled up, and the window rolled down, and a lot of smoke came pouring out of the windows. And I had to wait a few minutes to see who was behind that smoke, and yes, there was indeed someone there. And, and I asked, how many meals did you need? And he told me one or two, I forget what it was. And we talked while we waited. He said, you know, it's not easy for me to ask for help. It's not something I do very often. I'd rather be one who helps. So is there anything that I can do for your church that would be helpful? And I immediately said, yes, there is. So the next time God puts in front of you a, an opportunity to help someone and you can help them, be quick to do it. Because I believe that God puts in front of us many, many opportunities to bring hope and help where it's most needed and I believe that God wants us to be aware, to be awake to those moments so that we indeed bring that hope, give that help that we have, that we have received, that we have to give. And he smiled and he said, I can do that. Luke says, they will see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with great power and glory. There are a lot of signs in our world that tell us that we should worry. Some tell us we should be angry. Others tell us that we are defeated. But I have hope that in this man who came for a meal to be helped will appear to someone else from behind his own cloud of smoke to be a light of hope and to be a light of help for someone else. And I hope the same for you and me. I hope that when we emerge from any cloud that keeps us from seeing how God's hope is present in the world, that we too will get busy at bringing hope through our own lives. So where in your life, where in your living, where in your being this Advent, might you turn towards the horizon? Where might you need to turn towards hope and ask God for the help that you need? Where might you and I be called to be kinder, to be more patient, to be more loving, to be more welcoming to those who have been shaken to the core by what this life can throw at them, what it can throw at you, what it can throw to us. Whatever that is, it's time to get to work. Christ is coming. Thanks be to God. Amen. I invite